0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested in the Bahamas last night, and a corruption scandal involving the European Union and Qatar is widening. Plus, German businesses are struggling to adapt to the loss of Russian gas. I'm Mark Filippino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Police in the Bahamas yesterday arrested the disgraced crypto tycoon Sam Bankman-Fried after formal notification from the U.S. that it had filed criminal charges. Bankman-Fried, or SBF as he's known, headed cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which went bankrupt last month. An indictment is due out this morning. To find out more, I'm joined by the FT's U.S. managing editor, Peter Spiegel. Hi, Peter. Good to be here, Mark. All right, Peter, a little bit of late-breaking news last night. What do we know so far?
1: Yeah, much to the surprise of us, and frankly, I think Sam bankman fried himself, um, he was arrested by the Bahamian authorities in his apartment complex in Nassau in the Bahamas, where the the late, great FTX is is now based. Essentially, the the order of events was the U.S. Attorney's Office here in Manhattan has filed—we don't know when exactly, because it's under seal—they had filed an indictment against him. They informed the authorities in the Bahamas that the charges are now here in court in Manhattan and that they, please, we'd like to extradite him at some point. So the Bahamian authorities basically have arrested him on the basis that there are charges pending in, in the U.S. Now, the Bahamian authorities have all, also said Monday night that the violations that he's been charged with in the U.S. also violate Bahamian law. Um, so that will have to be played on the courts as well. All right, so there's a bunch that we don't know still.
0: Um, but we do know that Sam Bankman-Fried was supposed to testify before U.S. Congress today. Not sure how that's going to shake out what are you and the rest of our journalists looking out for as this story continues to unfold?
1: Yeah. So the thing we'll be watching for most is going to be, you know, Tuesday morning. I mean, probably in a, in a matter of hours for some of your listeners, we are awaiting the Southern District of New York, which is the, the the federal prosecutors here in Manhattan to unseal the indictment. And that's going to be, usually these indictments are treasure troves of, of information for journalists and for everyone else who is following this, including investigators on Capitol Hill uh, at the SEC and, and elsewhere, most of the bankruptcy proceedings and a lot of the focus has been on this this trading firm, almost like a, a, a Sam Bankman-Fried's own hedge fund called Alameda Research. And what we've been told, and and he's acknowledged this, is that upwards of eight billion dollars of customer funds um, that was invested in FTX trading was borrowed by Alameda to make all sorts of investments in various and coins, and also even other sort of venture capital uh, investments. So it's sort of misappropriation of customer funds. And I think that's likely the things we're gonna be looking for because that seems to be the most serious allegation right now against him and against the company.
0: Peter Spiegel is the FT's US managing editor. Thanks, Peter. Great to be here, Mark. Belgian police raided a European parliamentary office yesterday. It's part of an ongoing corruption investigation involving European lawmakers and officials from the Gulf state of Qatar. Four people, including a lawmaker, have been charged with money laundering, corruption, and participating in a criminal organization. They'll appear before a judge in Brussels tomorrow. Here's the FT's EU correspondent, Alice Hancock.
2: So the claim so far, as we understand it, is that Qatari... Uh, officials were trying to buy influence, particularly in light of Qatar holding the World Cup and this spotlight on labor rights and human rights abuses in Qatar. Um, Parliament in last month actually uh, approved a resolution condemning those. We know that 600,000 euros was found at one MEP's home and allegedly a holiday worth 100,000 euros um, was granted to a former Italian MEP by the Qataris, um, in in the hope that these MEPs would paint Qatar in a better light.
0: Also yesterday, top politicians called for a crackdown on corruption, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen called for the creation of an EU-wide ethics body. Alice told us that the EU already tracks lobbyists.
2: But that lobbying register in the parliament is voluntary, so MEPs don't have to declare what money they might be getting from sources such as lobbyists, industry bodies, NGOs, and so on. The scrutiny on this is that, you know, normally lawmakers would be actually immune to arrests, but uh, unless they are found literally in the act and um, this particular MEP's father was found leaving with €600,000 in cash going to the airport. Um, What Ursula von der Leyen is suggesting is a more EU-wide body to standardise ethics across the institutions.
0: But how much of an impact will this investigation have?
2: It's an interesting question because in 2011, the Sunday Times in the UK, some of their journalists posed as lobbyists and managed to get... MEPs to take money in exchange for influence. Um, And indeed, three MEPs were arrested as a result of that investigation. And yet, you know, here we are again 10 odd years later talking about the same thing. So there's a question of, you know, do these storms really have an impact? Um, I mean, I can tell you as we're speaking, there's another raid on the European Parliament going on. So this could be a much more widespread thing than we think. And if, if that is the case, then perhaps it really could undermine trust in the EU institutions.
0: That's the FT's EU correspondent, Alice Hancock. Europe's shift away from Russian gas means huge changes for Germany. German industry has long powered Europe's growth, but it's relied on cheap Russian gas. And now, German businesses have to adapt to an era without it. Our Berlin bureau chief, Guy Chazan, has been speaking to German companies about this, and he joins me now. Hey there, Guy. Hi. So, Guy, you went to the headquarters of one of Germany's biggest companies, the chemicals giant BASF. What did you find?
3: Ludwigshafen is this incredible site. It's absolutely enormous. It's the size of a small town on the banks of the Rhine, and it runs on cheap Russian gas, or at least it did until recently. BASF is still getting gas. Uh, It doesn't have a shortage, but the price it has to pay is much, much higher. One of the most immediate ways it responded was by shutting down its ammonia plant and also reducing the run rate of its acetylene facility. These are two very important chemical building blocks for various modern industrial value chains, so it has a sort of enormous knock-on effect on the production of all kinds of important goods. And then BASF announced in October that it was going much further and that it was going to have to shave 1 billion euros of costs over the next two years. And more than half of those cost savings would be borne by Ludwigshafen, the main German site.
0: But as you also report, BASF is also building up its business in China, which is already very sustainable. But it means it's reliant on another country that has its own risks.
3: Well, yes, exactly. I mean, um, over the summer when China started making very threatening uh, noises towards Taiwan— there was a lot of hand wringing and navel gazing in Germany because they they worried that maybe a lot of companies were were making the same mistake that they had made with Russia, relying too much on a on a very unpredictable country with autocratic tendencies and aggressive intentions towards its neighbours. And uh, BASF, it also is very heavily intertwined with China. It's building a massive complex in uh, southeastern China, um, and. Um, It's 10 billion euros. It's the biggest investment in the company's history. And uh, there was a lot of concern when it announced uh, that it was going ahead with this investment, not only for the company, but more widely for Germany, because it's a a very important company that employs
0: a lot of Germans. Right, and what about the companies that don't have the resources? I mean, BASF is one of the largest companies in Germany. It has the resources to adjust to the loss of cheap Russian gas. What about the smaller companies? How are they adapting? I
3: spoke to a porcelain manufacturer, and I also spoke to a glass uh, maker. Um, Heinz Glass is a small company that makes uh, little bottles for the perfume and uh, cosmetics industry. They paid 11 million euros for energy in 2019. And this year, they're going to be paying 32 million. Uh, So this is extremely difficult for them. But they're just emblematic of... Um, the crisis that is really uh, reverberating through the entire energy intensive sector of the German economy. Uh, we're talking about companies that make things like um, metals, um, that make wood products, that make print products, um, textiles, that kind of thing. And, and these energy-intensive industries, they account for 23% of all industrial jobs in Germany. Um, and according to one leading economist, that means that 1.5 million workers in Germany are employed in industries which are currently under pressure as a result of the energy crisis.
0: So then, Guy, what do you think? Can German businesses make this huge pivot?
3: Well, it's definitely the case that a lot of them, according to surveys uh, carried out by various business associations, many of them are already thinking of shifting production to countries where energy is cheaper. Um, And a lot of them are thinking that uh, America might be a better place for them to invest because of these massive subsidies uh, that have been announced as part of the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, which is creating a very, very... Um, attractive environment for uh, companies that want to invest in green technologies,
0: especially. Guy Chazan is the FT's Berlin Bureau chief. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, copyright 2024.
2: Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.